and welcome to this Endo Life episode 46. I'm Jessica Duffin and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. This episode is sponsored by my friends at BU. BU are leaders in bringing us the science and power of nature together and they've now taken it a step further with their CBD range. The hemp they use is pesticide free, heavy metal free and sourced from only sustainable farms. They ensure that no contaminants come in contact with the plant or final product and they use CO2 extraction, which is the purest extraction process known to science today. You know how much I like to use natural products to keep toxin and chemical exposure down because it can affect our hormones and I'm trying to make sure my hormones are as balanced as possible. So it really means a lot to me when a company is really careful and transparent about their production methods. If you'd like to check out their range, head to the link in my show notes. And if you do, let me know. I would love to hear how you get on. This episode is also sponsored by my free guide, Managing Endometriosis Naturally. This guide is perfect for anyone just starting out on this journey of managing and reducing their symptoms. This 16-page guide takes you through the natural treatment options and holistic lifestyle changes that I made to begin reducing my symptoms. If you're feeling overwhelmed by which type of complementary therapy to choose from or you're a bit confused by the endometriosis diet, this guide could really help you to get a good overview and allow you to begin taking steps to feeling better. As always, this guide doesn't replace your medical treatment and it's not intended to treat or cure endometriosis, but it does provide you with options that helped me to live well with endometriosis so you can begin experimenting or finding out what works for you. To download, just head to the show notes and follow the link and you can get your free copy. So today I want to talk about avoiding endo diet and endo management overwhelm. For me, endo diet overwhelm was just kind of just trying to tackle it all at once from a place of feeling really, really unwell and just being like, oh my God, like just, I just don't know where to start and going from not managing endometriosis at all and feeling really helpless to going full throttle and trying to learn everything all at once and trying to make changes all at once and then just feeling really overwhelmed and exhausted by that. So I thought I'd share kind of what I experienced and then I've got some tips. When I started there wasn't really that much info so I was piecing it all together and it made it really confusing and there was so much information from different resources that what I found was that someone would say don't eat this. And then someone would say, do eat this. And then I'd be eating that thing for a while and then it would trigger my endo and then I'd look into it and then find that someone else had said it didn't work. And then I'd try and find the source that said it did and I couldn't find it or, you know, it was just so much. I mean, thinking about it right now, I'm like, why didn't I just bookmark those bloody pages and have a folder? But I'm a lot more organized about things than I was back then. And I'd be eating things and I wouldn't know why because I'd forgotten. I remember actually when I was at Center Point, we did, um, we had wellbeing at work week and the wellbeing team um, who kind of was in charge of doing workshops with young people about healthy eating and things like that, they did workshops for staff. And I went and we were talking about our breakfast and I was talking about my smoothie. And then one of the nutritionists was like, why do you put that thing in your smoothie? And I was like, fuck I can't remember but I know it's important so I just you know it was just there was just so much to remember and I didn't really have it down on a list I think it was just all in my head and so I'd buy everything I just bought everything like I said in the the budgeting podcast episode I bought everything and I didn't know 
what was working and what wasn't for me because I was trying it all at once. I wasn't just changing my food either. I was trying to change my beauty products because of the toxins. Um, and if you're curious about that, um, go back to my interview with Megan Cleary on um, from Bad Periods or have a look at my lifestyle section on my blog because I've got some columns on that. So, you know, I wanted to avoid toxins that might affect my hormones. So I was changing my beauty products and my makeup. And because they were expensive, and also I had this, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm the kind of person who, okay, so last night, for example, we made a healthier version of a toffee crisp. And the recipe that I followed, the, you know, you have like the rice crispies and you made your own caramel toffee thing. But then it was like melt chocolate and cover it. And I was like, well, that's a bit lazy. Why aren't you making it from scratch? That's like the mentality that I'm kind of always battling. Like, yeah, if I host for people, I have to make it all from scratch. And it fucking exhausts me. But I'm like, oh, God, I couldn't possibly buy. I don't know. I can't think right now. But yeah, so I was making my own products. I was making my own toner. I was making my own face wash. I was making my own body butter and bronzer. Um, it was cheaper to a degree, but the the amount that I was spending on essential oils, maybe, to be honest, it probably wasn't. And the time that I lost to making these things and then you had to like sterilize the bottles and if you didn't sterilize them, they'd go moldy and all sorts. I did a cleanse that I swear to God felt like it was killing me. Um, and I've since learned, I'm not going to talk about this as if I fully know what I'm talking about because I'm I'm not that far into my nutrition part of my course yet but I didn't really the the cleanse that I did basically released all of the toxins into my body but I hadn't really provided my body with the resources to get rid of them so suddenly all the toxins that were being removed from my cells and fat and stuff were just floating around my body and this is actually quite a common thing that can happen with cleanses I felt like death so I was doing I was doing like a raw cleanse I literally had some one of my colleagues say, you look like you're about to die. Um, so that was that was nice. I cut everything out pretty much all at once. I mean, you kind of know my story at Cape Town. But when I got back, I really when I got back from Cape Town, I really just cut everything out. I was trying to change all of our Tupperware. I was trying to not use plastic. I was like, we can't use plastic um, packaging on our food. So we were shopping from an organic delivery like farm shop service so everything came completely like from field to door kind of thing so if I wanted to use beetroot or artichoke I literally had to like de-leaf all of the artichoke and then roast the beetroot and then chop it and stuff it wasn't like it was already cooked and everything just had to be completely chopped and done from absolute scratch and you know for me I prefer to buy beetroot that's already been cooked And now I do anyway, because I just don't have time to be roasting four beetroots and chopping them all up. And I just don't. And then I was also getting all of my grains and um, nuts and stuff from a company that I worked. So I I was working at the weekends um, at like a sustainable organic food store um, at a market um, when I started. So I was also I was at Centrepoint, but I was also working at the weekends. Um, which was really helpful for money, actually. I forgot about that. 
And I would get all of my nuts from there and stuff. But it was an expensive place and I had discount, but it was still pretty expensive. And because I was getting all of our beans from there, it meant that we had to soak all of the beans and cook them for two hours. So absolutely nothing was easy. We were also trying to be more sustainable at that time too. So it was a lot. And I just completely burnt myself out. And even though I was pain-free, or I was getting pain-free, it took kind of a while to stabilize it. Um, It worked straight away at the beginning, and then I just had some challenges along the way, which you kind of hear of in my my healing journey episode. So um, I didn't really enjoy being pain-free, because all of a sudden it was really hard work, and I couldn't juggle doing it all perfectly, and I was making everything from scratch. Even, even my milk and my nut butters, I was making from scratch. Because of this, I was also like, oh, I need to buy a Maggi mix. I need to buy all of these things. And I I saved for my Maggi mix, actually. I saved for months and months and months because I couldn't just afford to buy one. Saved for like a year, I think. But there was all of these things that I was working towards getting or, or investing in. Dinner took hours. And this was on top of working in a really stressful job, coming home writing for this endo life also writing for another um blog that I was a part of it was just it was so much and struggling with depression and anxiety um and a chronic illness and tiredness whilst trying to do all of those things so I completely burnt myself out I was just a bit broken and so I scaled back and I wouldn't even say to be honest it was a conscious decision you know sometimes you just hit a brick wall and like you're really perfect with like I've done this before like with the podcast a year or two ago I don't know actually like a year ago I was like podcast 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 and then I hit a brick wall and I just couldn't do I I was exhausted I couldn't produce any more content and it's funny how you can go from like one extreme from doing everything and being like no no I can't even miss a week and then you burn yourself out and then you don't do anything at all there's like no in the middle so I don't think I consciously scaled back. I I scaled back because I had to. I couldn't sustainably keep up with the lifestyle that I had chosen to live. Um, I couldn't afford it and I couldn't make it work. So I decided, you know what? 50% organic is better than none at all. Even 20% organic is better than none at all. Um, So I think the first thing we changed was we stopped shopping at, um, I can't remember the name of the farm shop, farm drop thing that we used but we stopped using that and we started getting our stuff from Sainsbury's it was cheaper much much cheaper and we started getting things like our beans were tinned so they were already kind of pre-soaked in the bit in the tin made sure they were BPA tins were BPA free it was a bit more expensive for the beans but we were also saving because we weren't buying from the farm drop which was was quite expensive for quite a small amount of food and it sucks that we have to have extra packaging I hate it I would love to be a bit more sustainable um I'm quite you know we're very conscious in a lot of other ways when it comes to sustainability but our food shopping it it really bugs me that we have all of that plastic and because of my concerns about like different chemicals and toxins like seeping into the food I do just cut most of the packaging off um, and put stuff or even leave it in the bottom of the fridge you know like where you put vegetables or I put it in a you know a kind of healthier Tupperware 
but that's taken me a while to get to. Like I wasn't doing that straight away. We replaced, we went back to Sainsbury's and I was just using food that was in normal packets and that was that. And I scaled back and I was like, I can't make all of my own like makeup and blah, blah, blah. Like I can't do it and I can't get, I can't afford to buy purely organic make natural makeup right now you know I kept with I made my own bronzer with cacao I have seen people do it online but other people say it dries skin so I'm not telling you to do that but that's just what I do it was like a more affordable for me than buying an organic thing and yeah I just I changed like my kind of what I put on my skin on my face but eye wise I was like well I'm just going to keep with a chemical mascara and a chemical based eyeliner for now until I can afford to replace it and because it's cheaper so that's you know I just scaled back and I did the best I could and that was fine it was okay and if you've got the money and the time and the energy to change it all at once amazing go for it but do not feel like you have to change it all at once because your body is going to be grateful for every positive change that you make so one small change is amazing. The stress of trying to change it all at once, if it is stressful for you, like it was for me, is going to be damaging anyway. Stress has a big impact on our bodies. Um, so that's something that, yeah, I learned the hard way. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. BU have just brought out a high quality CBD range which is independently tested and aims to be the purest and highest quality CBD on the market. I've said this before but the guys behind BU have a pharmaceutical background and so everything they do is really thoroughly researched and tested and backed by science. Their CBD oral range contains full, se- full spectrum CBD and is made with simple and natural ingredients. Their spray contains full-spectrum cannabidiol extract, raw organic coconut oil, and natural flavouring. That's for the berry spray. They also come in two other flavours, lemon, which again just has natural flavouring, and the natural, which is simply just the two oils. The sprays are priced at $24.99 for a 300mg strength and $39.99 for a 600mg strength. If you'd like to check out the CBD range, which includes muscle balm, drops and spray, head to the link in my show notes and please do let me know if you try it out. I'd love to hear. This episode is also sponsored by my free guide, Managing Endometriosis Naturally. If you don't know where to start with beginning to take a holistic approach to managing your endometriosis symptoms, then this might help you. Um, if you'd like to download it, just head to the show head to the show notes and follow the link and you can get your free copy. So now I just want to talk about some tips that um, might help. Start where you feel comfortable and stick to that. If you want to start slower, track your symptoms first and notice the patterns in your pain. Maybe you notice that every time you eat, wheat you have pain or maybe you notice that when you have caffeine near your period your pain is worse or maybe if you've had a month where it's been quite boozy your period is heavier those kind of things 
or cut out food linked to inflammation like sugar and track your symptoms for months. So maybe if you don't want to, if you want to get on top of your pain as quickly as you can, so you don't want to just start tracking first and seeing what affects you, maybe cut out a big food group that will cause cause pain like sugar or at least lessen it and then try and track your symptoms for that month I mean do it for that month three months is often ideal and see and see if there are any improvements don't necessarily add it back in be like oh that was a month and it didn't work and I'm just going to eat loads of sugar now because it can take a few months and then you know the next month if you feel like you're capable of doing it maybe then minimize another food that you eat a lot of and that has been linked to inflammation for example gluten can trigger some people's endo if you want to learn a little bit more about that you can go to my interview with Henrietta Norton but you know if you want to just oh I'm not going to eat gluten every day I'm just going to keep it to the weekend don't necessarily have to make a overnight change where you're never eating gluten maybe just cut it out a little and see if that starts starts making a change Or if you do prefer to go all out and you want to do it more quickly, stick to one method. Because I think what I was doing is I was reading and listening to and researching loads of different sources. So that was quite overwhelming. So, you know, read, take control of your endometriosis and do that cleanse and stick to that cleanse rather than reading woman code and take control of your endometriosis both at the same time, for example, because I read. I read a couple of books at once. I know it's stupid, but I do. And see how you feel after that. And then you might want to try the Woman Code course or something and see how you try it feel then. Sticking to one method can be really helpful rather than kind of like dipping between all different ones. That can be quite overwhelming. Another thing that could be really helpful is to get support. You don't have to do this on your own. If you've got the finance, if you've got the financial abundance and resources, um, you know, take Jess Manan's course, Know Your Endo course, um, because that one's great for beginners. It's super accessible. It goes on for a couple of weeks. You have access to a group and it's, you know, it's pretty affordable. Once you break it down over those couple of weeks, it, it, you know, it really evens out. Or if you've got more money than that, get a nutritionist or a coach, a health coach. You can speak to Henrietta Norton because, you know, her clinic specializes in women's health. Um, or you could do the Woman Code course. You can pay to do that. That is harder, I would say. Like the protocol is pretty tough in that. So you might want to go a bit more gently into it. Um, or team up with an endo buddy. Like find a friend who has endo, you know, in a support group or something. And they're also trying to manage through diet and get some support there. Don't do it all at once. Make changes sustainably. So instead of throwing away all your chemical-based products, use them up and then replace them as you go one by one. And same with something like your favorite food, like coffee. If you drink multiple coffees a day, make one decaf and then go for a few days or a week and then then make two decaf and then eventually all of them decaf and then move from decaf to caffeine-free tea so naturally caffeine-free drinks it's about creating small habit changes that you can feel rewarded for you know like every day you've gone one more day without that third cup of coffee rather than being like oh my god I have to live with no caffeine at all 
And also that puts your body into a level of shock, you know, going through that, um, going from having loads of caffeine or loads of sugar to none at all can actually be very challenging for our body. Start with feeling better first, then conquer the rest. If you know something is making your pain worse, I personally, I'm, you know, I'm not talking to you as a specific nutritionist right now or replace or telling you to replace treatment. I'm just saying my personal, the way I would approach it now is to start with what's making it worse for me. And so I could get to a point where I'm feeling a bit better and then I'm able to take on more. If you know something's making you feel worse, um, maybe change that and go for the most easiest and the most effective thing first. If you, let's think. What could be easily changed? Okay, you have three cups, three cups of tea a day, two spoonfuls of sugar in that. You could fairly easily replace that with a healthier sweetener. So a healthy sweetener, not a spa time, because I think that's been linked to cancer. But you know, a healthier sweetener, and that's a relatively small change. You're still going to get the sweetness in your tea or coffee, but the impact of no longer having six teaspoons of sugar a day could be massive on your endo. What can you change easily that's going to have a fairly big impact? And, you know, your body needs to feel, your body needs to feel rewarded for you to feel invested in it. If you're making huge dramatic changes and you're not going to feel a change overnight, then that's going to be quite difficult to keep up with that. So if you can make an easier change that's going to have a a relatively big impact, then you're going to feel encouraged to keep going. Something that I heard recently on a podcast, and this was business related, but I was like, oh, that's really interesting. That could be relevant for endo. Is listen or read up on only the stuff that you're working on at that time. Put the rest to one side and approach it when you're ready. So if you're like, okay, I really want to learn about reducing my inflammation but I also want to learn about blood sugar balancing and I also want to learn about what foods are good for my hormones that's a lot to do at once maybe focus on the inflammation to get your pain levels down or perhaps you might want to focus on your blood sugar to stabilize your energy and anything that that comes up that you want to learn about that's related to the other thing put it in a folder bookmark it buy the book but put it on your shelf Even the chapters, like, be like, I'm going to come back to that chapter, but I'm going to focus on this chapter for now. Just make it a little bit more bite-sized for yourself. And then something that's really helpful is planning ahead. I talked about this in the budgeting episode um, in terms of money, but planning ahead for your own sanity (laughs) is really helpful when it comes to meals. What meals are you making for that week and how much can you spend? I found that looking up reviews before I went shopping on a certain product so maybe it was a protein powder or a superfood or a supplement looking up the reviews in advance was a lot more helpful than going into a shop and seeing five different types of turmeric supplements and being like oh my god which one do I buy that one's expensive but that one's not so expensive so does that mean that the more expensive one's better quality you know, just try and if you know that you need to buy something, look up reviews before you get into the shop so you're not overwhelmed. And, you know, plan your meals, even roughly, that can be really helpful. So you don't have to feel that level of overwhelm every single day when you get into your kitchen to cook. 
I think that's everything that I would say to avoid the overwhelm. I guess another thing would be maybe to be mindful of how much you're on your phone and what accounts you're following. I think that had a real impact. I was following so many foodie accounts on Instagram that it really made me feel like everything I did food wise had to be perfect. It had to look perfect. It had to look amazing. It had to taste amazing. And it had to be all made from scratch and it had to be really pure. And anything that wasn't the highest of the high standard was really toxic for my toxic for my body and my head. And I think that it's okay to indulge, you know, every now and then. And I just I don't think everything has to be um perfect, basically. So I think trying to step back from that idea. So I hope that's helpful. Um if you want to chat to me more about it, feel free to DM me or email me. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world (laughs) 